You like jazz. Your passenger likes country. You settle on blues. This is the only kind of compromise you can expect inside a Lexus hybrid vehicle. That's because a Lexus hybrid is designed to go beyond compromise. Go far without having to recharge. Go fast with a formidable gasoline electric powertrain. Go with all the luxury of a Lexus. So, if you ever find yourself compromising in a Lexus hybrid, it won't be our fault. Click the banner to discover more. Lexus. Experience amazing. Blog Talk Radio. Hello. Thank you for joining today. Um, We thank God for everything that's going on in our lives and everything that um, we see, feel, and know about the Word of God and, and how He encourages us. Let us pray before we go into this session. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we come before you right now, oh God. We love you. We trust you. We worship you. We praise you. We give your name all the glory. Father, we thank you right now because we know that today you will speak to our hearts. Today you will speak to our minds and to our spirits, to our very soul, God. Father, we need you today to reveal heaven to us, to reveal your love, your um, heavenly thoughts and purposes for us, oh God, as we continue to go throughout our day, as we continue, oh God, to just go throughout our lives, we need you today to speak to us. We thank you for your spirit that lead, guides, and directs us into all truth and righteousness. We thank you for the blood of Christ, that we're even able to request these things from you, Father. But we come today to just speak with you and spend time with you because we love you in Jesus' name. Okay, so today, guys, we're we're discussing and just grabbing hold to our trials and how in this day and time, when the devil is rampant upon the earth, and he's always been, but for now, he's coming at us <clears throat> with situations back to back to back to back, to where he's not giving us the opportunity to recover. He's not giving us the opportunity to process things and to try to get things understood. But before you even have a chance to regroup or think about anything, he's coming at you with something else and he's coming at you with something else. And you're 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 just getting frustrated and tired and you're like, Where is God? And you're like, I need to know why is all of this happening to me? And our first resort is always gonna be where did I sin? Where did I fall short with God? How can I fix this? We're always wanting to fix our situations. We're always wanting to come up with the best solution for our situation. So we read books and we reach out to different friends and family, and we want to know how do we make this go away? How do we make this trial just stop? Because it becomes so overwhelming. It becomes so unbearable. And we're like, we're only human. How can this even began to happen to us because we knew the day was coming when the trials would be stronger, when the persecution would be more serious. We knew the day was coming, but the question is, were we prepared for that day? Did we really 
absorb the fact that this day was coming or it was more of an afterthought. It was more of a thought that was in our back mind instead of in the forefront because God did allow us to know in his word that these days would come, perilous times would come. That doesn't mean that we were ready for them, but they came, and they're now here, and we're wondering what should we do, how should we do it, based upon what we know about Christ and how we've experienced him. And our trials, they come because they're supposed to make us stronger. They're supposed to give us more knowledge and understanding and wisdom about who Christ is through us and why we serve him. And then he helps us to overcome. He helps us to get through it. He sent his spirit for us. And we are to hold on to all of those things. But then there are those trials that when they come, they do increase the awareness. They do strengthen us. They do um, bring more wisdom to us. But There are those trials that will test the very being of your salvation, that will test the very being of who you are in Christ. And these are the days that we should have prepared for. These are the days that God said he's allowing us to get to know him. When situations come in our lives, let's take um, Daniel in the lion's den. His situation became a reality. You know, he, he worked for the king. He was under the king. He counseled with the king and all the administrators. And there came a day when they got jealous of him, and they were like, we don't want him on our um, platform with us. Because he's still holding on to his God, and we're worshiping the God that the king has and is not spared. And then look at how he shines in front of the king, and look at how things happen for him in front of the king. And the jealousy was stirred up. Now, I know that God allowed him to see the tension and the resistance between the administrators and himself, but Daniel was focused on God, and he was focused on the situation at hand. So they began to plot against Daniel. And Daniel was like, okay, I'm just, you know, going to pray and I'm going to believe God that he's going to work this out for me while I do my stuff. I do what I need to do. I'm going to trust God. And they went before the king and was like, hey, you know, we need to get it in one religion. We need everybody worshiping the same God instead of everybody doing their own thing in the administration. So the king was like, okay, no problem. Let's do this. I come to find out Daniel worshiped three times a day to the Lord and Savior. And the king heard about it, and he had to stand on his ground as far as the repercussions for doing this. So now you put yourself in Daniel's shoes. It's like, what's about to happen? What's going down with these guys? What did they plot against me? Now, nothing that happens to us is a surprise because the Holy Spirit will always let you know where your enemies are at, what your enemies are plotting, and what they're thinking. The thing with us is we focus so much on the people that we don't focus on the Spirit of God and how he wants to deal with the situation. 
So sometimes we may even walk up to the situation and be like, well, God revealed to me that you're my enemy. God revealed to me that you are the one working against me. Daniel didn't do that. He took the route of, I'm going to trust God. He took the route of, I'm going to believe what God has said to me. That's why I serve him. So when we take that route of our own where we address the flesh upon flesh, we think we're defeating the situation. We think we're showing the person that we have a relationship and a connection with God, but we're actually messing up the whole situation. God is revealing things to you so that you can pray more, so that you can trust him more, so that you can watch him do what he needs to do in the situation. He didn't ask for our hand to help. He didn't ask for you to go and talk to the person. He didn't ask for you to go and interrupt anything. All he said was, hey, this person is against you. We don't fight against flesh and blood, and we have to stop fighting flesh and blood. So when God reveals these things to you, you go to him in prayer and you say, okay, God, what's your next step? Okay, God, I'm going to stay out of it, and I'm going to let you do your thing. Tell me what I need to do. Every day you watch that person, and you're saying to them, God, I see them. God, I hear you. God, what do you want to do? Instead of us approaching the situation, taking control of it, and messing the whole plan up. So God now has to go and restructure, and we do everything that now we've stepped in and put our flesh into. So it comes up to the day Daniel got to go into the lion's den. Daniel's still trusting God. He's like, you know what? He's able. And that's the situations we have to focus on. He's able. He is able. So Daniel now is facing this lion's den. Now, do we want to go in there? No. Does he want God to instantly remove this? Yes. Daniel is still flesh, even though he loves the Lord and he serves him with his whole heart. He still has flesh. So you're standing in front of this door that's about to open. This lion is more hungrier than he's ever been. They made sure of it. Your administrators, your friends, your enemies, everybody's rejoicing because now you're going to be, this is the end of you. You're about to get fired. You're about to go to jail. You're about to get in trouble. You're about to get written up. Everybody's excited. This is what's happening to you now. This is a scenario that plays out when you don't step in. This is a scenario that plays out when you trust God versus when you step in. Because when you step in and you're trying to explain the case, you're trying to put it all together, <clears throat> and you're not allowing God to do anything, there's a whole different result in this. Daniel trusted God, and he, he, he went in on this. So God said, you know what, because of his faith, because of his loyalty to him, he's going to get him out of this. Because he stood <clears throat> on not only the word of God, but he stood in prayer. He stood by faith. He stood believing that the God that he served was going to bring him out of this. This this trial became real, real quick, because at first it was just his enemies not liking him. At first it was just his enemies backbiting and talking about him. At first it was just the enemies wanting his job, didn't want him around, didn't want the wisdom, didn't want any partaking of Daniel. That's how it started out. And he's like, all right, we got this. God got this. It became real when you can hear that lion in there roaring, somebody he's hungry, and I'm standing at the door about to go in there with this lion. It became real. The stuff is real now. 
what do you do when your situation is now real? Your situation is now facing you right here, and you're like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do at this point? It became real to Daniel. But he still stood. He still believed. He goes into the lion's den. He's still trusting God. He's still believing. And you know he's praying in his mind. He may not be praying out loud, but he's still praying and saying, God, I believe. God, I trust you. God, I love you. God, I adore you. And he's saying all of these things and welding up praise within his his whole spirit, his soul. And God is hearing him. God is saying to him, I got you. I got you. I hear you. I hear you. I'm not going to leave you like this. I'm not going to forsake you. So he still had to go into the lion's den. You still may have to be fired. You still may have to be written up. You still may get into some type of trouble. You still have to go to the doctor. You still have to go through the operation. But God is saying, I am there with you. Don't give up. Don't take on a negative attitude. Don't let your tears be of negativity. Be of tears of maybe just believing. So he gets into the lion's den, and he's looking at this lion, and he's like, you know what? For God I live and for God I'll die. I'm standing on who I serve. I'm standing on what I believe in. I'm standing on God. So he's standing and he's looking at his lion. He's like, you know what? God is on you. What you what you going to do about this? God steps in. Boom, Daniel's brought out of this. And the king looks in and he says, wait a minute, I... You know, whoa, he comes out. He he comes out of this. Daniel comes out of the lion's den. So now everybody's looking like, whoa, we need to serve God. He's serving. We We need to do this. So now the focus is on God, and that's where it needs to be. When the king looks over this whole situation, he's noticing. Whoa, you know, so God now gets the glory for this whole trial, for this whole situation. That was the purpose of it, for God to be recognized as God, for people who don't serve him, for people who don't worship him, don't like him, don't want him around, the spirit of God. Daniel just proved to them that God is real, and that's what he wants us to do. The king is looking over this situation, and he's saying, whoa, this is this is really um, soul absorbing to everyone around Daniel at this point. So when our situations come in our lives, what are we doing to show that God is real? Are we vocally doing it or are we allowing the spirit of God to do it? Your trials become real, real quick. Your situations become real, real quick. And when they hit us and when they are there, we begin to weep and cry before the Lord. We begin to wonder why we've had so many people turn away from God because the situation got real and God did not look like he was going to answer. God did not look like he was going to save us. We thought God was going to bring us out before everything hit the fan. We thought God was going to create a miracle and we would shout our way through it. We thought God was going to hear our prayers that we prayed and our fasting that we did, and he was going to miraculously bring us out, and he did it. 
He had us to go through what we were going through. He had us to actually finish the course of our trial that we didn't want to finish out. We didn't want to go through it. We didn't want to um, have people to see us. So we felt like we were shamed, misunderstood, embarrassed, left alone by God. All the things he promised that he would not do, we feel like he did it in that trial because we had to go through it. We had to um, face the giant in this particular trial. And some people fall away from it because they're like, man, God is not real. He made me go through that whole thing, you know. <clears throat> and I was embarrassed and I was ashamed. I didn't have any money. I got evicted from my home. I got um repossessed car. This cancer started growing more. Diabetes didn't go away after I prayed. So where is God? Is he real? You know, they say that the Bible is not 100% what it's supposed to be. I did research on it, and, and, yeah, maybe God is not as real as we all think he is. He's not answering our prayers. He's not coming in to do miracles anymore. He's not coming in and um doing all the stuff that the Bible say he's supposed to do. He's not doing all that anymore. So is he real? What's going on with God? My trial is real. I'm going through this. My tears are shed. My fasting is done. I paid my tithe. And I'm not feeling stronger. I'm not feeling wiser. I feel defeated right now before God. Why am I even praying? Because that's not what Daniel did. That's not what the three Hebrew boys did. That's not what Job did. David. We have so many in the Bible that encourages us to know that God is on our side. But the most important witness that we have that will tell us, one, God is real. Two, he's always going to be there for us. And three, he's answered every one of our prayers. The one and only that can validate any of that is yourself because he's done it before and he'll do it again. Now, if you've gone through and God has brought you out and now this trial is bigger, it's more real, it has a devastating ending if God doesn't come through, this is not the time to question whether God is real or not. This is the time to reflect on how he's already brought you out. This is the time to reflect on how your praises went up before and God came down. This is the time to reflect on the word of God and how strong it is in your life. This is the time that you want to stand more than ever. The best witness, the best validation that you could ever have in any trial is the one that you've already gone through. When you have a personal testimony, a personal word, a personal connection with God, that's your validation that he's real. And the Bible encourages what you already know to be a fact. When you have encountered Christ for yourself, that's why it says it's like fire shut up in my bones. 
Because no matter how much I want to stop talking about him, no matter how much I get angry in my situations and I want to give up and I want to say this is not real and I want to say God wants me defeated, obviously, because he's not coming through for me. God wants this to happen to me because he's not answering me. The best testimony is your own. Because it's like fire wailing up in you every time you cry and you say to yourself, it's not worth it. I'm going to give up. The word of God, the, the past experience begins to come and wail up in you. And it says, uh-uh, you remember. And you begin to cry and you say, God, I know, I know, I know. You've done it before. I know you've done it before. But why does it look like you're not here today? Why does it look like you're not fighting for me today? Why does it look like you're not answering me today? I know what you've done in the past, but where are you now, God? And he's saying to us, I'm wherever you want me to be. If you want me in your praise, I'm there. If you want me in your prayers, I'm there. If you want me in your faith, I'm there. But I cannot be in your negative thoughts. I cannot be in a place where you're butchering my name and you're tearing me down and you're doubting me. I can't be in that place with you. Because that's not who I am. But I can be in the places where you believe. I can be in the place where you're crying, but you're believing at the same time. I can be in that place where you're praying and believing at the same time, where you're fasting and believing, you're singing and believing, you're speaking the word and you're believing. That is where I am. But when you say to me, I don't know if you're real, when you say to me, I don't know if you're going to come through, I don't know where you're at, God, I don't know, God, I can't be in that place. Because you know and I know that it's through the praise. It's through your faith, your now faith. The trial is real. The going through is real, but is your faith real? Is your believing God real, or do you want to give up on him? Do you want to say he's not real? Because the more you say it, the more you're going to stay in it. The more you're not going to get an answer. The more negative comes out, the more you're not going to get an answer. How do you want to come out of this? How do you want to fight this battle? When you look at your bank account and you begin to realize that all the money is gone, it's real. But God can provide. When you look at your car and you realize that's your home now and that the back seat is your bed, it's real now. When you're under a bridge sleeping because you can't go anywhere else and you're sleeping on hard concrete, it's real now. When you open the refrigerator and there's nothing, it's real. When you have a lump 
on your back, on your breast, in your brain. It's real. It's real when the tears begin to fall and you don't know what to do. That's real pain. That's real misunderstanding. That's real, I'm stuck and I don't know what to do. It's real. But how are you going to make it become a God situation? How are you going to release it to him? When Job went through, his friends came and they sat beside him. There was absolutely nothing his friends could do but try to encourage him. There was absolutely nothing. They could do, even they got frustrated at some point because even they thought the miracles would start coming. Oh, God, you are a man of God, so we know God is going to bring you out. And after a while, even they were like, well, no, what'd you do? <laughs> what what happened? So that tells me that even flesh upon flesh upon flesh can't help me. I got to reach out to the heavens. I got to reach out to the spiritual world. And I got to cry out for help from my Lord and Savior. When things become so real to you that it devastates you spiritually, it devastates your prayer life, your praise and worship, it devastates everything about you. God is saying, come. Don't run away. Come. Don't doubt him. Come. Don't give up on God. He's the same God. It's just a harder trial. It's the same God. It's just the devil. He wants you to stop. He wants you to doubt. He wants you to say it's not worth it. Speaking in tongues, it's real. It was real when you first learned it. It was real when God opened up heaven to you. It was real when God spoke to you, gave you dreams, made promises to you. All of that is real. But the distractions from the devil, you have allowed to become more powerful than the promises of God. It's so much easier to, do, to, to focus on the distractions and the trials that are coming our way, and we make them the forefront more than we make God the forefront. So that's why the trial is bigger than the promises. That's why the trial is bigger than the word of God. That's why the trials are bigger than the God that we know and believe, have communications with, have promises with a God that has revealed himself to us over and over and over. But yet we insist upon making the trial bigger than the trust, than the faith, than the praise, than the love. But today, no matter what you're going through, the trial is real. It's real. But he can bring you out. You can stand in front of that lion. You can stand and look in the fiery furnace and 
not get burned. You can stand whether you get evicted or not or repoed or not or however. Stand. Because even if it happens, God will restore. He will replace. He will. And you know he will. But we have allowed the trial to be bigger than the victory. We've allowed the distraction to be more important than God. God knows what he's doing. Believe in him. You don't want to tie the hands of God because then you won't get your answer. You don't want to think more on the negative, be around negative people, because then you're going to be angry with God. Then you're going to be looking at God like he's not real. And your friends are not going to help you because they're going to start wondering. They're going to stop helping They're going to start doing negativity. Well, maybe I got a pastor you can go and see, and maybe he can pray for you. I got a deliverance pastor you can go, and maybe he can deliver you from the witchcraft and the demons that are coming. Believe in the word of God. Believe in your connection with God. And you look around, and you see people thriving. You see people living. You see people accomplishing things. Even your enemies, even the ones that God has shown you are against you. You see them still thriving, but you're in your car. You're living with family. You don't have money in the bank account. You don't have the things that you used to have, so you're angry. Jealousy begins to set in, and you don't even realize it. And you start doubting God. But, God, I did everything. But, God, I pray to you. But, God, I believe. You even showed me this was my enemy, but yet they still are getting blessed. I'm the one that's suffering from the witchcraft. I'm the one that's suffering from the spells or the incantations and divinations. God, all of this is where I'm suffering. But yet when I look at the people who are casting the spells or people who are against me or talking about me or setting me up, it looks like they're still flourishing, God. How do I believe in times like these? And God is saying just don't make it bigger than the promise. Don't make it bigger than the word of God. Trust God. God, I see it. I'm living this thing, God. This is real to me, God. And I know that you're here with me. So instead of me complaining and going through this, I am going to praise and go through it. I don't know how this is going to end. I don't know how long this is going to take. But every day I wake up, I'm thankful for a new day. Every day I wake up, whether it be in families' homes, in a car, under a bridge, no food, bank account cleaned out, no matter what, when those tears begin to roll every day, instead of it being negative tears to where the devil is my focus, I'm going to turn the tear thoughts into praise. 
So now as the tears begin to roll, I'm saying thank you. So now as the tears begin to come down, I'm saying I praise you. I don't understand, but I know there's a promise. I don't know why, but I know I am a child of the King. And I know that victory is mine and that I trust the God that I serve to bring me out all right. When we begin to speak like that every single day and we go to work, we go around family and friends with a smile instead of a frown. And they'll look at you and say, girl, or man, you got a biggest smile on your face. You must have had a good day today. And you just look at them and smile. Don't complain. Don't go, girl, you just don't know. But just say, you know, I did, and I am. And you go back to under the bridge, or you go back to sleeping in the back seat, or you go back to the family member's house, and you still smile. Why? Because the God that I trust, as Abraham said as he walked his son up to be a sacrifice, the Lord will provide. And if you say that every single day, every single time, God will surely honor his word. And he will surely show you that he's real. You don't have to question it. You don't have to leave him. You don't have to forsake him because he's never going to do any of those things to you. But yet he's building and preparing us. Building and preparing us. And then once you come out of it, you'll say to yourself, I thank God for that trial. But we have to say it in the midst of it as well. We can't just say it after the fact. Song is to say, don't wait till the battle is over to shout now. Because we know in the end we're going to win. So why are we allowing the situation to be the focus when God is the focus? When we know that the battle is not ours, we know that this is a spiritual battle. We know that this is a different trial. We know that this trial is not letting go. It's not going to let go. The devil has clocked it in, and he's saying, watch how they destroy your name, Jesus. Watch how they fall by the wayside, because they didn't expect this to happen to them. They didn't expect the shame and the embarrassment to come to them, because they had a plan in life. So when it happened, it broke you. It broke your spirit. It broke your goals. It broke everything you thought you were. It broke you. And now you're sitting there going, I don't know if I can recover from this. I don't know. I think it's over for me now. I've lived my life, so I might as well give up. And the tears begin to roll because you know that's not true. But yet it's easier to accept the defeat 
than it is to fight for the victory. It's easier to say it's over and wave the white flag than it is to say I'm going to hold a slingshot and I'm going to shoot it up to that that giant. And I'm going to let that giant know that though I'm going through this, I'm going to trust God. Though these things are happening to me, I'm not going to stop. The tears are not going to stop. The pain, the embarrassment, the shame is not going to stop. But yet on the inside, there's a fire inside of me There's a fire inside of me that nobody else around me can understand why I still fight with God, why I still stand on his promises. But as with the friends of Job, it's not meant for you to understand. So why am I trying to explain it to you? It's not meant for you to come and solve this trial. This is between me and God. It's not meant for you to come and advise me. I got to do this. I got to take a deep breath, say this trial is real, and I got to do it. Not the same way I've always done it, because this is a different trial. This is different. I got to come at this one the way that God is instructing me to come. Because God doesn't want us down. Because we can go mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually to a deep depression and we won't even realize it. We won't even realize we've given up the fight. We won't even realize that we're doubting God and his power. But then there's something inside of us. Our spirit man, our Holy Spirit is saying to us, fight. And we're like, no, I'm going to give up. Fight. No, God is not here for me. Fight. No, the devil won. He's, he's overcome me. Fight. No, I'm already kicked out. I'm already evicted. I'm already foreclosed. I'm already repossessed. The doctor has already diagnosed me. No, I'm not going to fight. It's over. Make sure I have money for my kids. Make sure... Everything is done. My time is up. Holy Spirit is saying, fight. And it's a small voice. It's not a a strong voice. And then he comes to you in dreams. The angels of God will come and minister. Fight. And then one day, you're crying. One day, you're sitting there in your car. That's now your home. One day, you're at your family's house in your room privately. One day, you're sitting under that bridge. And something comes to you. You finally listen to the Holy Spirit. And you say to yourself, I've been fighting all my life for where I have come from. Why would I give up now? Why would I allow the devil to take me out now? What changed in me that I would want to give up now? What happened to me that I'm ready to throw in the towel? The thing is, this trial, it broke you. 
This trial put something in you that no other situation has ever placed. It shames you. We never want to be put to shame. We never want to be embarrassed in front of the same people that praised us. That's the difference in this trial that became real. That it was a visual trial. It wasn't something you could hide, something you could pray away, something you could ask God to create a miracle for. This trial was public. This trial was known to where it was publicly real. So you got to fight it publicly real. You got to believe publicly real. Stay connected to God. God will always reveal the devil and his tactics. He will always assist us in everything we're going through. Your outcome is totally dependent upon you. We think that it's dependent upon God. God has already finished the project. God has already finished the trial. All he can do now is sit back and wait for you to finish the trial, which means it is dependent upon your reactions, your words, your prayers, your worship, your belief. Your faith is going to get you out of this one. And no one else will be able to get you out of this. It's already done. You're already out of it. Get out of your feelings. Get out of your negative thoughts. Get out of depression. Rebuke all of that and stand on the word of God. He's not going to let it take you out. You may let it take you out and blame it on God, but you're the one that gave up, not God. You're the one that allowed the tears to come in negativity, not God. What do you want out of this situation? What do you want out of this trial? What do you want you to do? Because God's already done. What do you want you to do? How do you see you coming out of this? Connected with the spirit of God. What are your ended expectations? Because God ended expectations is always going to be victory. But what are your ended expectations? Is it defeat? Is it giving up? Is it this is where I'm at now, so I might as well accept it? What is it that you want out of this? I pray victory. I pray restoration. And growth and strength for you. What is your expected end? Do not allow the distractions to be bigger than your Lord and Savior. Do not allow the trials that have come before you to be at the forefront of your everyday thoughts to where anger and jealousy and depression will set in. Do not allow yourself to fall away from God because you feel this is too much. This is too much to bear. God, you were wrong about that. I can't do this. Don't allow those things to take over. What are you going to say every day to yourself when you wake up and you're facing that situation? You're going to say, I make, God is making a way. 
You're going to pray. You're going to think the word of God. You're going to meditate on the word of God. You're going to believe the word of God the way Job did, the way David had to, the way the three Hebrew boys had to, Daniel had to, Ezekiel had to. Everyone had to stand on the word of God. Go back and read it. But not only go back and read the word of God, look at your own life and how you came out. Look at your own life and how God delivered you. That's your testimony. That's your connection to this trial that is now real. That's your connection to your victory is how you've already come out of things. Hold on to the unchanging hands of God. Father, we thank you right now. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We have the victory. It's the question of do we want the victory. We thank you and give you praise. We love you, God. Continue to be the God that we serve. Continue to be the God that we trust and we love. Continue to show us the ways of righteousness and salvation. Father, we thank you and we give you praise right now in Jesus' name. I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Stop avoiding your erectile dysfunction issue. Peak Performance for Men is offering your best offer yet. Call today to book your free consultation and free blood flow evaluation. 1-800-210-8181. Peak Performance for Men helps over 80% of men who receive the treatment experience long-term improvement. Let the experts at Peak Performance for Men help you today. All it takes is one phone call for a free consultation. Free blood flow evaluation. Call 1-800-210-8181. That's 1-800-210-8181.